Welcome to Preston's Super Show. News, sports, and a whole lot more. It's the Super Show, baby. Warning. This show contains material that is only suited for patriotic audiences and people who have a backbone. If you like God, guns, and glory, you're listening to the right show. Sit back or carry on and enjoy Preston's Super Show. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for being here. As always, it's Preston Super Show. It's been a little bit. It's not been as long as many people uh, have maybe thought. But it's been a little bit since I've done a show. Yeah, that's true. But look, I started off this year with a bang. Did a, did a few shows. Okay, we take a break. We cool off. Had things to do, but we're back and consistency matters. So I'm hitting you with a show Sunday night, big broadcast. Joe's coming on the show. He's going to lay it down with some stock picks for you. We're going to go over the NASCAR race that just took place. We're going to recap some UFC fight night 185. Uh, where I made out like a bandit, uh, especially towards the end of the night. The headliner, Blades versus Lewis. Wow, what a bang that fight ended up being. Okay, this fight, uh, or this race, I should say, because it's fresh on my mind. Christopher Bell, right? Christopher Bell wins. Wow, I mean, this is crazy. Christopher Bell captures his first career cup win on uh, Daytona's road course. I mean, this was an uh, exciting race until the end. Uh, it looked like Chase Elliott was going to lock this one up today. Didn't end up happening for Chase. He's not going to get the five straight road course wins. Christopher Bell uh, edged Joey Logano at the end, who ended up in second. Uh, Larson into the wall towards the end, uh, under 10 laps. Larson into the wall. Uh, he was looking... To position himself for first place. Kurt Busch ran well all day. Got spun out. Went to the back of the pack. Moved his way uh, all the way back up to fourth. Uh, Keselowski, who's really proven to be an aggressive driver. If you pay attention to NASCAR. Uh, Keselowski is a very uh, aggressive driver. I don't hold it against him. He was second here. I don't hold it against him, you know. I don't hold it against him, right? I don't. Uh, Kevin Harvick came in six. Uh, he did kind of have the cleanest car on the track today. He wasn't in too much trouble at all. He was pretty steady throughout. AJ Allmendinger. Uh, I picked him up as a fantasy option today, uh, to help, help me win some, some lunch money. You know what I'm saying? And Allmendinger came in seventh. And that was, that was big for him. Uh, so that's good. Top 10 finish for Allman, AJ Allmendinger. Michael McDowell won last week, uh, on the, on the, on the super speedway this week. He comes in eighth and he, and he was very quiet today. He was very quiet through those first two stages. Uh, Ryan Priest, ninth place. He was quiet today. Alex Bowman, 10th place. And good on his part because he ran at the back of the pack today. He really ran at the back of the pack. So you got Chris Buescher, uh, who's watch him all year. I'm, I'm, we're going to keep talking about him. He's going to keep coming up because Chris Buescher is really outstanding uh, in the Ford. And Fords have won a lot on road courses. But when you watch, it really feels like. Uh, the Chevys, the Chevrolets, uh, are the dominant cars here. But today, top three, Toyota and Ford. 
two Toyotas, one Ford. But the Chevys ran well here today. Don't be fooled by the, the finish. I know it's important, but don't be fooled by that because when you watch the whole race, you see exactly how it's going in the first two stages. The Chevys were definitely dominating. But I, uh, towards the end of the race, it's just some unfortunate things, especially for the Hend Hendricks Motorsport team uh, with Kyle Larson and Chase L.A. getting spun out. It's just unfortunate at the end there. Um, Truex Jr. Looked like he was going to pull off uh, an, a, a small upset, as well as Denny Hamlin looked like he was going to pull off a small upset today. But they both ended up just not being able to make the cut. Bubba Walsh ran well today. Uh, I did pick him up in fantasy. I would have liked to see him get that top 10 finish. He had some trouble at the end, and he really slid. Ryan Newman. Is going to be a driver to watch all year, but I'm telling you, Ryan Newman ran well today. He just, he was really just behind too many, too many other good drivers. He, he was never in a position where he was, uh, going to dominate. Ryan Blaney, to his credit, uh, came from very far back today in the field and he got up to, uh, fin uh finish a 15th place. And you can tell that some guys have just better setups. Their cars, better kits. And, and their, their tuning is just, you know, flawless, uh, for these road courses. But it was an amazing race. But Christopher Bell, your winner. And, uh, the Chase Elliott betters are really sour. I'm a little bit sour about Kyle Larson, uh, losing the head to head against Bowman, but that's, it's understandable. The, it, you know, he was going, he was trying to put himself in position for first place. May not be another caution with, with about right around six laps left when he went for that big move. So I understand that. So it's not, it doesn't really burn that. It's not like a stinger. You know what I mean? But that Chase Elliott one, whoo, that's why I had a feeling guys going for five time, uh, five in a row on a road course in the Chevy. He dominated all day. He would have been feeling really good until then. So I mean, oh man. Heart goes out to the Chase Elliott betters. The fights from this weekend were awesome. This card was insanely good. And people are sleeping on this card. This card was great. This is one you want on DVD. Blu-ray. Blu-ray, right? You don't want DVD. You want Blu-ray. This is one you want on Blu-ray. Or you want digitally. Buy it. This was, this was a great card. Sergi Spy... Spivak versus Jared Vandera. I don't know why I thought Vandera was going to win that fight. Why did I think that? I don't know. I just don't. But Sergi Spivak did his thing. Just wrestled, wrestled, and just Jared never, you know, Jared at the beginning looked like he was going to do something. But then as that fight went on, it was just like, psh, done. Second round, friggin' TKO, done. Uh, Iman Zababi versus Draco Rodriguez. Everybody liked Draco. Everything I've seen, Twitter, tapology.com, shout out to them. But, I mean, everybody was saying Draco. The public loved him. And uh, he came in there and got folded up in the first round. That was ugly. But Zahabi gave him credit, dude. He was so underrated. And he was like, looked like he was losing that fight a little bit. Looked like that one wasn't going his way at the beginning. And then he kind of felt it. Soup, soup. And he was, what? Oh, he fired up. He was, he was rolling after that. And that was a first rounder. I got to keep that coffee strong. You got uh, Casey O'Neill for Shauna Dobson. And I just, I had a feeling Casey O'Neill was going to win. Something about the Australian chick. She's a, she's beastly. Just everything made sense. It was like, it just made perfect sense. If it, it was just the per, you know, fancypressna.com, click MMA, you'll see my picks. Uh, Casey O'Neill was just the gonna, going to win this fight. You could see it a mile away. Second round TKO. I'm telling you, you've heard me say it before. Women's fights usually go the distance. Soup, will you? They go the distance. 
distance. There, it's not ever a short fight. So second round TKO. Ooh, that's when I started. Okay, this card's turning here. Uh, John, or no, hold on. Let me skip over this next one. Nate Lanware. Nate Lanware. This dude uh, is beast. And he comes out and fights Julian Arosa. And Julian Arosa's good. And, you know, I'll be the first one to admit, like, I doubted him a little bit too much in this fight. My mistake. You know what I'm saying? Like, I doubted him a little bit too much in this fight. But Nate Lanware came out strong. And Arosa kind of woke up, like, boom, like, came out of zombie mode, went into apocalypse mode, wop, 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 and just put Nate Lanware down, and the ref was like, done, put him down with a flying knee, is what he hit him with, stunned him, I don't know if he was out, I'm not gonna say all that, but the ref said he was, so it was it, and I was like, dang, that was, you know, maybe a quick stoppage, I don't know, Kind of looked like it at first, at first glance as a quick stoppage, but then you go look at it again. Maybe this is the right decision. I don't know. I like to see them run it back though. But yeah, that, that one was a quick one. That was the first round. And the next fight is Eddie Wineland. He's trying to make a comeback. Uh, and he's, he's crafty. He's very crafty. He's very smart. He's technical and he, he applies a lot of pressure. And he's fighting John uh, Castaneda. His nickname is Sexy Maxi. And Castaneda catches him in the first round. First round TKO. Eddie Wineland applying the pressure for most of that round. If that went to the judges, that would have been Wineland's round. For sure. No doubt. But then Castaneda, just a a good counter puncher. And he, he landed a great punch. And it, it put Wineland, it put Wineland down and he landed a few more. Uh, Jared Gordon versus Danny Chavez. Hard to pick a fight like that when you got a guy named, you know, like the Colombian warrior, you know what I mean? Like Danny Chavez is beast and then Jared Gordon. It's hard to count him out. So that one went all the way. And that was a battle. That was a battle between those guys. And it did look like Jared Gordon was getting the better of him. So I, I was like, okay, I understand unanimous decision there. Then the next fight, uh, Tom Aspinall versus Andre Arvlowski. And that one could have been over in the first round. So don't skip past that. Like Aspinall was getting him in the first round towards the end of it. He was getting Arvlowski. Believe me, I've been, I've been watching UFC for years, bro. Over 15 years I've been watching UFC. So you know what I mean? Come on now. Uh, and I've been watching MMA for over that. So I know when someone's getting hurt and, and Aspinall was hurting Arvlowski in that first round towards the end. And he's just physically, he's in his prime. Aspinall's in his prime and Arvlowski's out of his prime, but he's still a beast. He'll still hurt you. And he was starting to land some good shots. And Aspinall was like, woke up to that. He knows that in that second. By that second round, he was like totally focused. Come out in the second round, not playing around. Took him, took out Arvlowski down. He's gonna give him in a submission. It was like plus sixteen hundred odds, plus twelve hundred odds, something like that. It was nuts. And Espinal submits Arvlowski. Then it was uh, Phil Hawes, Megatron, aka Megatron, Phil Hawes. Versus uh, Nasiruddin Imavov, the Russian sniper, and that went all the way. And that was a tough one. To, that's a tough spot to pick because those guys were evenly matched on paper. Uh, and then when they step in the ring, it was like, man, these guys are. Whew, they're like the they're like the same people. They're the, they're like the same frame and everything. And Phil Hall just has a little, you know, more mass, but still, it was like, it wasn't like he was towering over Imavov or anything. So they, they duked it out. 
Info Halls was just, he just shows you that he can take some punishment in there. Like he can take a good deal of punishment, stay on his feet. He's not getting put out and he keeps coming at you and he's good at, uh, getting people in the clinch. Now I really, I really don't know to the extent of what his clinch work is yet. I haven't really seen that, but I could tell you he's good at getting you in the clinch. He's a good grappler. And that's going to help him in the long run because as he, as his game gets better, he's going to get that harder competition. So be looking for Phil Halls because he's a real deal. There's going to, there's not going to be any more doubting Phil Halls. Then Chris Dawkins fights Alexi Olenek. And I know I have a lot of respect for Alexi Olenek. Let me just say that first. Let me premise my statement by saying that. But Chris Dawkins is hot right now. And he is like when I think of a fighter, you think of like Bruce Lee or Chuck Norris or something like that. But when I think of a fighter, I think of a guy that looks like that Chris Dacus. That's what I think a fighter looks like. Like he's the, you know what I mean? They made the show the ultimate fighter. That motherfucker's the ultimate fighter. And he's a cop too. That's a, that's a mean dude right there. He's going to freaking punch your lights out. And that's exactly what he did in this fight to Alexi Olenek, who's a submission freaking master, freaking warlord behind the submissions. Not, not, not going to happen. Not going to happen because this is Chris Dockers, dude. That's, that's why I think when I look at it, when I see a fighter, just a guy who just wants to fight, just wants to always fight. It's not some big, crazy, muscular dude out of a comic book. It's Chris Dockers. That's, that's a fighter. And, uh, you know, he just looks like a guy that, you know, he's just ready. He's just ready to fight anytime. And uh he, he really put that work in. That's a guy you want to watch for. Like, if you can invest some stock like I do on PredictionsStrike.com. Uh, shout out PredictionsStrike.com. But you can invest in NBA players and NFL players. And they're opening up to NHL and other things once more people get on. But definitely go there for NBA. I do NBA on there. But definitely go there for that. And when NFL starts picking up, you know what to do. It's there. Prediction strike. And you can, and it's based off fantasy and volume. So it's based off the fantasy projections and volume to clarify. But that's exactly how it goes on predictionstrike.com. And it's really nice. It's a good exchange. You can make good money off there. You can put it into a coin. You know, you can put it on your Coinbase, your Uphold, your XRP, any of that. You you, you know, you, you can get what you want. But the main thing with Chris Dacus is that would be a guy you would invest in. Like, that's going to be a guy who's going to go on a run here. I, I see it happening. I see a run happening for Chris Dacus. I'm really eye on this guy. This guy's good. You don't knock out a legendary guy like Alexi Olenek in the first round and not be somebody good. Like he, Alexi Olenek is not a gatekeeper fighter, gateway guy. I don't look at him like that because of how strong he is and how he could lock up a submission on anybody. But look out for Chris Dacus. Then you got the next fight. And this is the one that I was just like, I'm not going to disrespect Charles Rosa because Charles Rosa is a good fighter. He's also kind of a guy you think of when you look, you're like, oh, that guy's ready to fight anytime. But I just know Derek Minner. He's a brawler. People don't, don't really respect that about him. And a lot of people were on Charles Rosa for this fight. And I, I kind of wish those people would just immerse themselves in a little bit more material and, and kind of understand the sport a little bit better because Derek man is a brawler dude and Charles Rosa is strong and he's right now he's at his best I will say that since he's coming to UFC and he took Derek Manor to a decision where you know Derek Manor won unanimously but Derek Manor had opportunities to actually finish that fight uh so yeah there's still a bright future for Charles Rosa but I said in this fight, the matchups, the style benefited Derek Minner a lot more because Charles Rosa wants to brawl, but Derek Minner is a brawler. 
So if that makes sense, that's what I'm trying to portray to you. And the statistics back it up on UFCstats.com. You could go and look at the matchup preview and you can see the stats that would back that up. Strikes landed per minute and strikes absorbed per minute. Then the next fight was a women's fight that was really good. I enjoyed this one. Yana Kunitskaya versus Kellen Vieira. And both these ladies, uh, both these beautiful ladies here, uh, put the hurt on each other. But Yana Kunitskaya, I bet on her. Uh, it wasn't a live plane. It was before the fight. But while I'm watching the event, I bet on her because, not because of the odds, but because I just felt that she was, you know, she just had the potential to do this. She, she was just, this was like going to fulfill a big thing in her career right now. And that Vieira had missed weight. And I, you know, my rule of thumb is I have a lot of rules of thumb when it comes to betting and investing. So one of my, one of my rules of thumb here that you can take away from this episode is that if I'm betting on a fight between two people and one of those fighters misses weight, I'm betting on the other fighter. But if I don't think that other fighter is going to win, I'm not betting on that fight at all. But, and then, then I look at the props too. But the point is, is that you want to fade that fighter that misses weight. But if, if, if you still don't think that person can win, you don't want to bet on them. And if you don't like the prop or you don't think the prop makes sense, you don't want to be betting on the prop either. So you definitely want to be putting yourself in a position to bet on uh, things you like and things you uh, uh, feel good about, if that makes sense. So Yana Kunitskaya has a big one. They fought three rounds. That was a gritty fight, actually. Like, that was a gritty fight. It's actually a woman's fight. I really, really enjoyed that woman's fight. One of the better ones uh, in a while, in a few cards I've seen. Then the main event, then the headliner. Derek Lewis versus Curtis Blades. And Curtis Blades was rolling early on, dude. He was rolling early on. And uh, Derek Lewis was kind of getting into his rhythm. Waited for the right timing, and that was it. KO. Herb Dean has to stop the fight, second round. And Derek Lewis, the beast, gets another win over Curtis Blades. I mean, it was an insanely good fight for Derek Lewis because it was like you you lost that first round, but that second round was you were losing that round until that punch, basically. But he did, Derek, it's not like Derek Lewis didn't do anything. He was landing some punches that were like, bro, you get hit with that. That's it. That's, you're done. You know, anybody off the street, like you, you're done with that. So Curtis plays, give him credit. He was taking some big shots for, for a little bit of that fight before that, the, the finishing shots. Uh, but both those guys got in there like warriors and, and fought it out and big respect to both of them. So the future. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Derek Lewis. Because we know Curtis Blades. Like I know like I know for a fact Curtis Blades is going to bounce back. He's athletic. He's strong. Um, and he's only getting better. And he looked good in that fight. So I know he'll bounce back. But Derek Lewis, it's like, I want to see this guy. Give Derek Lewis a title shot, man. Let's see Derek Lewis get a title shot. That's what I want to see. Get Derek Lewis a title shot. Let's go. Uh, Dana White let's go so uh, we need Derek Lewis to get that uh, title shot because he earned it with that performance he earned it you when you when you're doing that and you're knocking someone out in that type of way it's it's time to give you the title shot so whatever's got to happen with the heavyweight champion has got to happen that the fight that's got to take place has to take place. But after that, it's got to be Derek Lewis. Got to get a shot. Got to get a chance. That's what I want to see. That's the fight I want to see made really, really bad. So we're going to break. Joe's going to come on. And he's live. He's lit. He's going to break it down for you. Then I'm going to come back. I'm going to finish up the show. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools. 
that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Sounds good, right? There are a lot of places you can host your podcast. Those other podcast hosting sites love to make you pay, thinking they are doing you a favor. Not at Anchor. Folks, this is free. None of Anchor's competitors make distribution and monetization as seamless as Anchor does. I predict Anchor to be the face of podcasting in the next five years. If you're an experienced podcaster or a newcomer, doesn't make a difference. Get your show on Anchor today. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. have now entered the gates to Valhalla, where you'll be guided by immortal gains. Remain calm and be ready to buy. What is going on, everyone? I hope you're having a positive day. Joe Perry here back with my weekly watch list. Woo! Quick disclaimer, this is for entertainment purposes only. All right, got that out of the way. It's time to get to the bag. It's been a few weeks since the watch list came out, and I know you guys are like, what's going on? We did so well the first couple weeks, why would you stop? Well, guess what? We're not going to stop. We're going to keep going. Ticker symbol PTE. These guys specialize in skin regeneration, repair, replacement, scar fixing, replacing your cut up. They're going to fix you up. PTE. Uh, I like this space right here. I think with people caring more about their body and their appearance and even people who have suffered bad scars and injuries, incidents, Whatever, maybe maybe they're born with something. This this space will keep growing, and it's only a penny stock right now. It's at a dollar fifty. I give it a price target of three dollars. A lot of people are giving it the same price target. I give this one weeks to months at time. It's gonna take a little while for this one to play out, but let it play out because when it does, you're gonna probably double, maybe triple your investment. So I really really like that. Ticker symbol B P. Oh boy. So, you guys heard of the host of the show, right? Preston? Okay, Preston Super Show? Okay, so, all right. So, oh, now you're piecing that together? Okay, so cool. So, Preston Super Show, he told me, well, he had an article go by his desk and it said something about BP and Chevron, you know, the two oil and gas super majors. They call them the super majors. There's seven super major companies in the oil and gas industry, BP and Chevron being two of them are teaming up, have came up with another company, a future company, but I've teamed up to tap into the geothermal energy. Now, this is something Chevron has tried before. They had to sell their assets into it. BP has yet to crawl into this space, but I think because before when the Chevron did, it was like back in 2016, I don't think it was quite ready yet. Now the hype is here. Now the resources are here to be able to push to that area, to, to, to explore that. And geothermal will be big. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to be big everywhere, but there's are, there are areas, and I have more than one friend who are saying, hey, maybe check this out. So BP is exploring that area. Now here's the crazy thing. Now you're thinking, well, why would geothermal, well, why would the oil and gas companies working against them? That's like their, it's like, it's like the, uh, it's the, it's the, uh, it's the competition. Well, here's the thing. The geothermal, you know, the guys who are behind the engineers and all that, they need the oil company's employees, their tools, uh, all their machines, their expertise. Like they need, they need the oil and gas companies because they know what they're doing. So eventually it's going to be like oil and gas ain't going nowhere. Those companies are just going to explore other routes and other wherever we're going as a, as a whole as the earth is they're going to go that way too so they're not going anywhere bp i gave it a price target of 30 dollars, and that's a modest price target okay 30 dollars. ticker symbol a c i c 
bet you didn't see that one coming, did you? Now, this is a merger deal. This is to do with air taxis. Are you thinking air taxis? What the hell? Hell, I ain't taking no air taxis. I'm scared. I'm scared of a normal taxi. Why am I getting in the air now? Hear me out. There's some places in the world, mostly West Coast America, that this stuff could actually kind of make sense. Maybe they live in a remote area. Maybe they're really wealthy, but they live in a remote area. And they'd rather clean up the environment and not drive their shitty car or whatever it may be. There's There are people who are interested in this. So they're, they're to do with the air air taxi scene. And I think for me, it's it's a buy and watch for the sell-off. This could be weeks, maybe maybe a month or two max. There will be a sell-off because it's already excelling. I gave it a price target of $21. And here's the thing why I'm even giving you guys this smoke here, the, giving you guys this free gas here. They have a super strong team. As I've grown as an investor and my portfolios have grown, I've taken my losses and I've taken my gains and I've always grown from both. I've learned now what a really important thing is, who's the team behind it? Whether it's a stock or a crypto, who's the team behind it? Who's the CEO? Who's the CFO? Who's the engineers? Like who who are actually, who's the brains behind it? That's who I like to know. I like to know who's the brains behind it because that's the person who's going to be most passionate about the company, if there's that person at all. So here's what I like about ACIC is that hype's cool. I'm not so interested in hype anymore, but check this out. They have a super strong team. They have people from co-founders from Uber, people from United Airlines, other people from this ACIC merger that's going on. They have a lot of strong, smart people in this space involved in this air taxi thing. And I'm not saying it's going to take over, but I'm giving a price target of $21. Okay. Now, oh, you've heard the rumors. Yeah, well, it's true. Preston and I have definitely tapped into the cryptocurrency wave. And let me tell you something. We're finding the right ones, buddy. We are finding the right ones. We're not bragging. We're not saying, look at us. We're hot shit. We invite you to do the same. Crypto is popping right now. Popping right now. I wish I really got on it way back in the day, but that's okay because it's not, it's so still untapped. Even Bitcoin is so untapped. And remember, guys, you can buy fractions of Bitcoin, fractions of Ethereum, whatever you want. Load up on those cheap ones. That's what I like doing, loading up on the cheap ones, moving money around. It's great. So check this out. Now, this is one of those, it might not be fancy for you, but this is what I like BitTorrent Coin. Okay. BTT is the ticker. Check me out. I like the stock. Okay. Same people from the Tron creators. So if you heard of Tron, they came up with a BitTorrent coin that helps with faster downloads. You can earn coins when you seed and download. All, all under a decentralized file sharing system. That's kind of their whole thing. Decentralized file sharing, file moving, file downloading, file torrenting. Uh, and guess what? It moves just like Ethereum. That's why I like it. It's super, super cheap right now. And you you can earn. I've already earned coins. I've signed up today. I've already earned coins. Okay, so that means you can sign up today and you can earn coins too. So you know what I'm saying? Do, are you listening? Like I need you guys to listen and pay attention. So when you've when you've done listening to the podcast, you're like, wow, this is what I've learned from this, this, this. I want you guys to apply it because we are and it's working. So take take from that what you will. I'm telling you, I'm super bullish on all of these. You should be too. Do your own DD. Check your own stuff. Make sure it works for you. And only spend what you're willing to lose. And always have a stop loss in place. Okay, I can't stress that enough. As soon as you make the trade, whether it be a limit buy, a market buy, whatever you get into. I don't suggest market buy, but if you have to, you have to. <clears throat> to as soon as that order fills, set up a stop loss right away. A little bit under what you paid just to make sure. So if it immediately takes a small dump, you're out right away. And you're like, okay, well, I tried. I tried and it didn't work. So there you go. I took my small loss. It's all about risk management. Okay, Preston. Thank you for the time. You guys can find me on Parlor or Twitter. That's right. We're out of Parlor Jail. At Immortal Gain, where I post recaps of the week and other tickers that I'm interested in or just articles that I'm interested in. Let's get this bag this week. Ah, woo! Thank, thank you, Joe. Personally, thank you for coming on the show, doing your part. You're a great friend, 
And I can't appreciate uh, my friends enough. But, Joe, you're a great guy. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for laying it down. Thank you for informing the audience, being thoughtful, and being kind to the audience. They appreciate that, and I appreciate that. So I want to go into uh, a little bit of what Joe talked about there and tell you a little bit about what I like. So what I'm looking into uh, and what I have is uh, crypto on Coinbase. I have different coins and tokens on Binance.us. I also use Uphold. And I use these uh, three exchanges along with PayPal as a smaller exchange. But I use those exchanges for cryptocurrencies and tokens. And I do believe that the potential is a lot higher than the normal stock market uh, than it is in uh, crypto. Crypto is has a, a limitless potential. It has more potential than the stock market. So when you're doing your everyday stocks, you know the stock market's open. Uh, 8.30 a.m. to 3 o'clock. Uh, Central Standard Time right now we're in. Uh, but the, the crypto markets, Coinbase and Binance and Uphold and many other exchanges. There's many good exchanges out there. I like, you know, I have my three preferences. But you can use these exchanges to buy your coins, swap your coins, um, or cash out after you've made so much money and recoup your initial investment, leave your Leave a, leave a good number of shares in there to grow more of your oak. But the main point being is it's a great way to make money short term and long term. And it's something major hedge funds, major hedge funds are getting behind now. Uh, they're starting to get into cryptocurrency in the crypto markets. And not all coins have to do with mining or some sort of mining process. What it is, is every token and coin has a protocol. So there's stable coins, utility tokens, coins and tokens are the same thing. When you think of Bitcoin, you think of Bitcoins being mined, but there's other tokens. One that I really like and I'm really high on is Civic. I've made a good profit off Civic, and I continue to be a proprietor of Civic. CVC-USD is the ticker symbol. I'm really big on Civic. Civic is a wallet, so it's stable. It'll be the last thing that'd be targeted by an SEC investigation. People are moving their money in and out of Civic every day. I got in at Civic around 15 cents right now it's up to 52 cents going higher so civic is a strong play and a strong buy for me now uh like i said i have a lot into crypto assets uh i've i've you know put a lot of my own money up into crypto assets because it's garnering me more money short and long term but what I can tell you is that in the coming shows, we'll be talking more and more about coins because, and more and more about uh, different uh, stable uh, tokens and utility tokens because that is the revolution. And it's right in our hands. It's right in our palms. So you'll hear more and more about that on this show. And if you enjoy that, uh, you're in the right place. Along with sports. And along with the news. But I have to tell you, I'm really excited. Like, I'm stoked for uh, crypto and the crypto uh, markets to boom over the coming years. And I, I do believe that is the new revolution is uh, cryptocurrency um, and is, is trading these tokens. You can really. Put yourself on another level with the type of profits you can make. And I don't have to preach to you, 
But I can definitely tell you what I like. And I can do it with a passion. And crypto can really propel you to another level and a better standard of living. You just have to play your cards right. That's all you have to do. Dogecoin is another uh, token that I'm really high on and I'm long on Dogecoin. Ticker symbol D-O-G-E dash U-S-D because I compare it to the U.S. dollar. You know, Joe, he compares it to the Canadian dollar, but that's okay. Hey, it it all comes full circle at the end of the day. But Dogecoin is really a fantastic community. A community with great standards. And look, well, you know, I may be the guy that has no standards, but look, th- this is a community with great standards, right? So. I'm really long on Dogecoin and you have to give it time. You have to be patient with these things. You know, Joe's telling me, you know, he's picking at me. He's saying, why isn't, why isn't it moving up? Why isn't it moving the way we want it? Why isn't it going? Look, I know, but you got to be patient. This is one of those you want to be patient with. You're not going to want to be patient with everything. That's, you know, what do people say? That's facts. I really hate that. That's facts, but that's okay. That's okay, because people are going to use the slang they want to use. I'm just saying, the bottom line is that Dogecoin is good for the long term. And after a year, you're going to have a big smile on your face. And again, look, I'm not a a professional. Do your own research and uh, make sure you're looking at your bankroll and you know what you can invest. Don't spread yourself out too thin. But I've definitely uh, been very happy with my purchases and with the growth in my portfolio. And I also dabble in the in the stock market. And I use Robinhood. And a lot Robinhood's taking a lot of heat. But again, when everybody's going one way, I start to go the other a little bit to a certain extent. And to that extent, I like Robinhood. I'm, I'm earning money on my cash on hand in there and my balance. I'm earning good interest on that. I'm accruing higher interest than I would in the bank. I can pull that money out anytime, send it to my PayPal, send it to Chime, send it to whatever. You can get crypto on Robinhood. I won't be doing that personally, but you can. I'm not against it. It's just not what I want to do. I can also tell you that on Robinhood, they have a great selection, a variety of uh, stocks you can get into. A lot. They have a lot. They have a big number of store, uh, of stocks you can get into. And, uh, you know, the GameStop thing was a debacle. But you, you know, everybody's willing to write a company off because of them making a mistake. Well, what what happens when you make a mistake? So, you know, you have to look at it at with both at both sides of the coin. So we lost an icon, a legend, Rush Limbaugh this past week. Rush was inspirational to me. You know, I have a funny story about Rush I'll share with you. I'm in the mood. I'll share it with you. I woke up. It's the first time I heard Rush. I woke up. I don't remember what age I was young. Like 15, 16, something. I woke up. I think I had a cup of coffee or something. Like one cup. The radio's on. Someone talking. This guy's going on and on about something. Started talking about Obama. He started making uh, a few subtle jokes. Just a few subtle jokes. And I got a chuckle out of it and I laughed. And then I went on, you know, from there, you know, I'd hear him on different days and stuff. My mom told me, you know, that's Rush. You know, that's that's Rush. He's, you know, he comes on the radio, he talks. 
He was selling like a peace tea at the, not a peace tea, but like a rush tea at the time. He had his own tea. He had those blinds or something too. He was selling. He had a bunch of stuff. He was always selling stuff. He's, you know, he's a salesman like that in the radio business. You got to do that. In the podcast business, you're just like writing nice letters, trying to get ads, you know, trying to get, you know, everybody's trying to boost their listens and their uh, followers so they can get more advertisers and, and get money. You know, it's the game behind the game. But in radio and broadcasting, you got actually many ways to make money. Uh, they do a lot of fundraising. Uh, which actually really helps the radio stations. Uh, a lot of radio stations have a lot of sponsors and different people behind them. Uh, advertising still big for the radio. You reach so many people. So the radio still has its place. I don't see that going anywhere in the next five years. In the next 10 years, we could have that discussion. I'd, I'd debate that because I'd still be on the side of no, I still see the radio being there. Maybe just a little bit smaller scale, but I see it being there. Bigger companies will come in and, p- and pick those stations up. And I think at a certain point, people, uh, once, once they listen to radio, they, once they listen to the right thing, they always like radio. And Rush was the right thing. He was the right thing to listen to. He was great for those years when I was 15. I'm much older now. I remember Rush. I remember listening to, you know, what Rush was saying and, and him talking about conservatism and not shoving it down your throat. And when people would call on his show, he would talk with them. He would put things up for discussion, put it, put issues up for counsel. He, he would want to know what you thought. It's hard to duplicate that. Very hard. There's never going to be another Rush Limbaugh. I know you're saying, Preston, man, you're, whew, that's you. That's you, buddy. What are you doing? You see, I see, I see he's in there. Come on. There's a seat that's open. What's a lot deeper than that? You see, Rush, that was his life. Even as a, even as a kid, Rush had a, a, a little, radio he used in his house and his mom was his listener you know yeah i had my i had a tape recorder that was a huge gift for me i mean my my friends in my room used to make little talk shows and when i think of rush i i think of that detail as well that we shared we both wanted to be heard we wanted people to hear us we understood that it was great to do things and have things and make things and have all this. But if you didn't have anybody to share it with, it didn't matter. It didn't mean anything. There was no value because a human element would be missing if you weren't heard and if nobody listened to you. But Rush, they say it was Elvis. See, it was the Elvis of radio, of broadcasting. He did invent conservative radio. You know, I, I, I wrote on uh, a Facebook post and, and on Twitter, you know, without Rush Limbaugh, I never would have been a conservative. Never. Rush didn't bring me to the conservative party, you know, to, to support conservative ideals and values because I have my own values, my own value system, and you should have your own too. And it should be independent and free of other people's will and man's will, but of the will of God. Well, see, that's why I fall back and say, Rush, you're in a better place. A happier place. A place free from crime, guilt, and conviction. But of love and harmony. So Rush was inspirational to millions. And everybody emulates Rush in some way or another that's in conservative talk radio. 
or any radio or any news station or any news channel. Every single one of them, Democrat, and especially the ones that don't like them and, and want to um, step on his name and besmirch his name, but they too emulate Rush and wish and try, try, try as hard as they they might want to have that following Rush had, but they won't because they're not listening like Rush was. Because Rush listened to people. Because Rush paid attention to what was going on in the world. That's important. That matters. And it should matter to you because it matters to me. And if you listen to this program, it should matter to you. The horizon is bright. For crypto assets, cryptocurrencies of all kinds and different tokens. Uh, the stock market is going to be very volatile this year. I'm already telling you that now. So play it smart. Play your cards right. Keep your nose clean. But the, but crypto assets are going to the moon and you better believe it. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Uh, for stopping by, listening to the show. Glad we could get this up for you on Sunday night. To the people in Texas, I also send my condolences and my heart goes out to you. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, the people that are affected by this winter storm, God bless you all. God will see us all through. Let's work for a better tomorrow. Just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everyone.